Okay, welcome to today's show. My name is Janine Moloff, and I am the producer, host, and news director of Progressive News Network here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm also the producer and host of our companion show, the Environmental Justice Report, also on Blog Talk Radio. I wanted to add that we've received an invite from Amazon Music. Um, I'm having a little problems with my, um, oh, what do you call it? My password to my Amazon account? I don't know why, but as soon as we get that set up, then I'll let you know that we will also hopefully very soon be available on Amazon Music. They're inviting uh, news podcasters to join the fold. I was a bit surprised. Okay, so today's show, I kind of put it together rather rather quickly. Um, there's been so much going on with the insanity of the GOP of Trump. And even though there are other Republicans all fighting to show that, yes, yes, Virginia, you can be more fascist than even Donald Trump. Okay, a little sarcasm there, but... You know, the fact is that they're all basically, you know, fighting to see who can be the fascist of the week. But it's still the GOP of Trump, no matter what. And so the advert, I put it out, but again, this is going to be kind of an informal show. Uh, And this is, if you see the title on the advert, it's very simply, Trump base is a lynch mob using stochastic terrorism. So in this show, I'm going to describe what stochastic terrorism is. Um, And the narrative basically reads, you know, mainstream, in other words, also known as corporate media, constantly refers to the Trump base, in air quotes, as, you know, as if it were a legitimate entity, but it's not. The time has long since passed to call the Trump base what it actually is. A bigoted, racist, homophobic, transphobic, anti-Semitic lynch mob. Like the lynch mobs of old. There is no difference. And today's show, we're going to deal with the tools that Trump and his allies use to push their propaganda lies, especially a specific propaganda tool known as stochastic terrorism. You'll see it in use all over the place. You know, you'll see morons like Nick Fuentes, who is openly, what does he call it? He calls himself a voluntary incel. And if you're not aware, if you're older and you're not aware of that particular uh, phrase, the term incel means that he's, invol- that he's basically um, involuntarily celibate. Now, he calls himself a voluntary incel, which, you know, again, you can tell this dude doesn't have much education. Uh, he's voluntarily celibate, uh, and apparently Fuentes, among other things, this is such it's so nutty. He goes around in his videos claiming that uh, men who participate in heterosexual sex are actually gay. I kid you not, it's crazy. But the biggest thing with Fuentes is that he uses stochastic terrorism. He uses quote humor to push a neo-Nazi message. You know, where he will compare Jews that were um, and other groups that were murdered by the Nazi war machine, you know, and and murdered in, you know, in ovens, literally. He calls he compares them to cookies. How many cookies could you bake in an oven? 
but he makes some other really obscene remarks and says, just joking. All right, that's not a joke. You know, bottom line is Nick Fuentes and others, including Donald Trump, are using stochastic terrorism to uh, disguise the way they incite other people to deadly violence. Okay? Now, stochastic terrorism has been used by dictators, propagandists, and other various associated criminals to stoke up the mob to, again, deadly violence. Uh, Mob bosses, you know, mafia bosses of yesteryear perfected the art along with the likes of none other than Adolf Hitler. Subsequently, one of the tools that stochastic terrorists use is censorship, especially when it comes to censorship of our public schools and intellectuals. All right, these are the people that will call out school teachers that want to, you know, teach children. They're fine with books like Entango Makes Three, the story of two, yes, uh, same-sex penguins, and they adopt this um, orphan penguin. All right, you know, so yes, it's a gay couple. Okay. But there's nothing. There's no, no mention to sex in the book. Nothing like that. A stochastic terrorist would say that the teacher that is fine with this book is a groomer. We've all heard that phrase "groomer" thrown about. By the way, those of you who use the term "groomer" and throw it at people you just don't like, you are slandering, libeling, and defaming people because you're accusing them of a criminal act. All right. Put bluntly. Uh, and I, I really think that those of us that have been slandered in such a way really should start suing these bastards. Take their houses. That's, that's just my opinion. Uh, because it's, it's serious. All right. They're, they're accusing you of a criminal act with no evidence. So I'm going to explain and expose how this little cowardly, dirty trick is being used to attack the very idea of democracy itself. All right. Um, and, and you can think of every dirty trickster in the book. Uh, <clears throat> and one comes to mind. Anyway, additionally, we have, you know, a twofer today. You know, we introduced the idea of our deplorable list of infamy. All right. I can't wait to find some actual good sound effects to go along with that. Uh, and our Jackass of the Week Award. Today. We have a very special candidate who managed to make both lists, and we will talk about that. And it's a Missouri politician that now occupies a seat in Congress. All right, so let's get started. So as I've said before, stochastic terrorism is a propaganda tool. It is used to discredit the minority groups that these bigots despise, put bluntly. Uh, Whether it's Nick Fuentes joking about people in ovens, Jews in ovens, whether it's Marjorie Taylor Greene um, accusing everybody of being a groomer, whether it's Donald Trump saying there were good people on both sides, referring to the the murders of Charlottesville and the Nazis who marched to Charlottesville. Those are all examples of stochastic terrorism. It's not obvious stuff, but it's basically designed to, one, desensitize people to things that they normally would find hideous. 
uh, we're seeing that also in our schools. You know, as the Republicans keep pushing book bans and censorship, calling everything see a critical race theory, when you can't teach the truth about history. They're, you know, they write into these laws, and if you notice, all those laws on the books that attack our schools, you know, that are anti-CRT, anti-critical race theory, that are banning books, there's a reason why state to state those laws look almost identical in terms of just the exact wording, because they come from a template supplied by the American Legislative Exchange Council, or ALEC. And yes, I can prove it. We've talked about it before in the show. When you do this, all those laws also have one other, one other uh, uh, characteristic in common. They claim that they don't want any group of children to feel uncomfortable or to feel remorse or shame for past injustices that may have been committed by a group they now belong to that they didn't do, but by ancestors, okay? It's kind of ironic, these same people pushing that crap also claim to be real churchy types, good Christians, etc. because the ability to feel shame, remorse, uh, to feel bad about injustices perpetrated against people, that's the foundation for what we call a conscience. So apparently... The GOP of Trump doesn't want these kids to have to experience the discomfort of a conscience. They shouldn't have their Jiminy Cricket moment. Pure, I'm going to say it, I know you're not supposed to cuss on air, but eh, it's pure bullshit. Okay? So those, again, are examples of stochastic terrorism in a way. It's All this kind of works together. So here's an article. I'm checking my time here, folks. This is a piece that was published March 13th, a couple weeks ago, by Chauncey DeVega in Salon. Chauncey DeVega, wonderful journalist. And this, the, it's a commentary, so it's an opinion. The headline is, there is no secret plan. First, they came for trans people. And the subheadline is, America is sick with fascism. And it is. Okay. So, journal... The, this, the Vega cites several different groups. Like, for instance, the De Vega cites journalism scholar Jay Rosen. Okay? Uh, and one of the things they explained were to show how mainstream media is complicit in this march, this, not just march, this stampede to, I won't call it fascism, we'll call it what it is, Nazism. This stampede to Nazism. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, journalist scholar Jay Rosen in uh, a source called PressThink.org explained that, quote, in politics, our journalists believe it is better to be savvy than it is to be honest or correct on the facts, end quote. So true. You know, that's why you get all these alleged experts, which aren't actually experts, and whether it's Meet the Press or Face the Nation, you don't have to go to Newsmax or Fox, okay? You, the mainstream, the corporate media, is just as complicit. We know Fox is pure garbage, all right? It, it, they lie, they lie, and then when they're done lying, they lie some more, okay? It's no secret there. And OAN and Newsmax, they're all the same. But then you go to the so-called, the alleged legitimate shows, 
whether it's Meet the Press or Face the Nation, they have their, their panel of experts. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and they pull the same stuff. Well, we're going to give you this this idea that we're going to um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We're going to hypothesize what their motives might be. Get a little water here. I don't care what their motives are. The only time I care about motives is when evidence clearly demonstrates and supports a particular hypothesized motive. But it has to be evidence-based. just does. And on this show, we do that. But Jay Rosen, uh, again, put it very succinctly when he said, quote, in politics, our journalists believe it is better to be savvy than it is to be honest or correct on the facts, end quote. And that's where you get all this garbage about the Trump base. There's nothing legitimate about it. If you took the slogans by the Trump, pushed by the Trump base, if you will, if you took the behavior of the Trump base, if you took the arguments made by the Trump base and just, you know, redacted the names, it would be virtually identical to the lynch mobs of the old South where they cha- they whooped the crowd up and they chased down some black people and murdered them, hung them from trees while families had picnics underneath and their children played as a dead man just swung on the branches. That's what the Trump base is. Make no mistake about it. Or if you took the words, the slogans, the actions of the alleged Trump base, and again, redacted the names, redacted the actual dates of things, It would be, yes, virtually identical to the early rise of Hitler. Now, we've seen how Republican politicians love to invoke the Holocaust every time they feel their little feelings have been hurt. Okay? We're talking Newsmax got kicked off of DirecTV a couple months ago. And keep in mind. DirecTV is a private corporation, so when they start screaming First Amendment, not exactly. First Amendment says government can't censor. But if a private corporation says, you know what, you're not getting the ratings, bye, they have every right to do so. They just do. And since there's no fairness doctrine, it anymore doesn't matter. But these people whine and cry and compare Newsmax being kicked out of DirecTV to the, the Holocaust. I'm going to tell you right now, no white Christian, cisgendered person has any goddamn right to invoke and trivialize the Holocaust for their own political convenience. None. Just as no, excuse my language, goddamn white Christian, cisgendered person has the right to invoke the age of Jim Crow or slavery every time, the minute they feel inconvenience. It doesn't work that way. And we're going to call you out on it every single time. When I hear people talk about, well, you know, this this is the thing I hear periodically, the bromide. I, I met this one nice Trump uh, supporter, and, you know, she wasn't like that. She, you know, goes to church, and 
and she was really sweet, and she's not hateful, and she doesn't like the bigotry. She just thinks he's a good businessman. You know what? I don't care. If you can go along with neo-Nazis like Trump, then you're a Nazi. If you can remain silent and be complicit with neo-Nazis, then you're a damn Nazi. It's just that simple. So I don't care if they're, if they're polite about it. I couldn't care less. And I know I'm kind of going on a bit of a, a tantrum today, but I'm tired of this bull crap. I really am. Pure nonsense. Okay. So, again, going back to this article in Salon by Chauncey DeVega about stochastic terrorism, you know, they, they cite, and, and they cite Marjorie Taylor Greene as a good example. You know, recently she announced, made an announcement at CPAC that she was going to pass a bill in Congress called the Protect Children's Innocence Act. And it would allegedly, quote, make it a felony to perform anything to do with gender-affirming care on children, end quote. Now, I'm certainly no expert on the trans community, and I'm not any expert on gender-affirming care. I do trust pediatricians, however. I don't believe that pediatricians would go along with something that they think would harm a child. They just don't. Um, I think that rather than torturing children that may be trans and and waiting for the day when they commit suicide, we should be providing safe spaces for them. Still a child. And again, this has to deal with the fact that people like Marjorie Taylor Greene despise the LGBTQIA community. Forgive me if I don't get all the letters, uh, but you get the idea. They, they're homophobic and they're transphobic. That's it. And where do they get this hate? Honestly, a lot of times from fundamentalist religion, fundamentalist Christianity, and yes, fundamentalist Judaism. Okay? Whether your religious leaders say it's a sin to be gay or trans is irrelevant. You can believe what you like. You do not have a right to act upon that belief necessarily. Somebody else being gay or trans doesn't hurt you or take away from any anything from you. It just doesn't. But again, this is not this isn't about protecting children. This is about a bigger picture censoring. Okay? Now, in this article, DeVega explains through uh through an article by the Independent what actual medical professionals have recommended regarding how how you could best support and care for transgender youth. And again, according to the um, organization, excuse me, according to the, I can't see this, American Academy of Pediatrics, okay, um, quote, and this is from the article from the Independent, quote, gender-affirming care can span several kinds of treatments including puberty blockers, hormone therapy, and social transitioning support. Care standards from the World Professional Association for Transgender Health and other leading medical groups do not recommend that affirming surgeries be performed on minors. Notice that again. 
They do not recommend that affirming surgeries, in other words, they don't recommend surgery on these kids. And the American Medical Association, American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Academy of Family Physicians, among others, have established clear clinical guidelines for treating young trans people. The American, and again, this is from the article in The Independent. The American Academy of Pediatrics, meanwhile, is the nation's largest professional association of pediatricians. The group recommends a gender-affirming and, quote, non-judgmental approach that helps children feel safe in a society that too often marginalizes or stigmatizes those seen as different, end quote. The organization is quoted as saying also, quote, the gender-affirming model strengthens family resiliency and takes the emphasis off heightened concerns over gender while allowing children the freedom to focus on academics, relationship building, and other typical developmental tasks, end quote. And that is according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. But apparently, Marjorie Taylor Greene, head moron to the right, knows better than all these physicians. Okay. DeVega goes, and this is one example, DeVega goes on to explain that, quote, words have actual meanings. Through her words, Green, Marjorie Taylor Green, in other words, has repeatedly shown herself to be a hate monger, white supremacist, white Christian nationalist, anti-Semite, neo-fascist, and supporter of the January 6th coup. Those facts must be repeated and not assumed or otherwise glossed over as something obvious because to do so is to normalize evil. And it is through normalization that neo-fascism and other forms of authoritarianism and illiberalism penetrate and poison an entire society, end quote. And this is from DeVega's piece. Um, this is what we're dealing with here, folks. There are hundreds of laws being proposed across the country that are trying to strip the, not only the civil rights, but the human rights of the LGBTQ community. Okay? And most of the books you see being banned have to do with talking about either the lives and contributions of black or brown people or the LGBTQ community. That you can't even mention not only their history, lives, and contributions, you can't even talk about their existence. You know. There are school districts that banned books such as the life story of Rosa Parks, Nelson Mandela, Sojourner Truth, and Harvey Milk. What the hell is going on? Now that's Nazism. Make no mistake about it. As an as an actual Jew who lost them in the Holocaust, yes, I can say that. White Goy can't. There, I went there. Goy meaning non Jews, non ethnic as well. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, she isn't just trolling, okay? I think she's a true believer. That's my own personal opinion. Now, this is, when you look at here, Chauncey DeVega went a little further in the article and contacted journalist and author Bryn Tanhill about the thoughts of escalating violence and threats against the LGBTQ community via email. Now, the reason I'm focusing on the LGBTQ community is because right now there's two communities, well, there's three actually communities that are at the high, the most risk right now, most danger. Communities of color, the LGBTQ community, 
and religious minorities. You can say anti-Semitism. I'd say Jews and Muslims both. Okay. And the response that DeVega got, so, so they were talking about LGBTQ because the Nazis went after them as well. Bryn Tanhill uh, wrote back the following, and I'm going to read it. It's a straight quote. Quote, this is not just trolling or culture war rhetoric. They are clearly stating their intent to use the full force of government to remove transgender people from public life. They are looking to do this at both the state and national level and are making all the necessary moves to do so already. At CPAC, the anti-trans lines received the biggest applause and cheers. Now, Bryn Tannehill goes on and say, author and journalist Bryn Tannehill goes on to say the following. Quote, in 1933, the New York Times opined that Hitler's anti-Semitic rhetoric was just playing to the rubes. And when he became chancellor, it would be business as usual as German business moderates would win out in his cabinet. End quote. Sound familiar? The quote goes on from Bryn, uh, again, from Bryn Tannehill. The quote goes on, quote, 83 years later, in the days after the election of Donald Trump, Masha Gessen reminded us in rule number one of her rules for surviving autocracy that we must believe the autocrat. Absolutely, we must believe what the right is saying, particularly because they are already doing everything they would need to accomplish their stated goal of eradication. When you look at what this eradication means in practice, it clearly means the definition of cultural genocide, which is, quote, the systematic destruction of traditions, values, language, and other elements that make one group of people distinct from another, end quote. Trans people violate gender norms. The GOP is trying to eliminate this distinct group from pu- of people from public life by forcing them to detransition, live as hermits in their houses, or flee to another country, end quote. Now, I can speak to this personally, not, and again, as a Jew. Um, when they talked about cultural genocide, defined as, quote, the systemic destruction of traditions, values, language, and other elements that make one group of people distinct from another. You don't have to go any further religiously to t- than the phrase Judeo-Christian tradition. Speaking as an actual Jew, I'm going to tell you right now, there is no such thing. Jews and Christians do not believe in the same God. They just don't. Christians, many of them, I can't speak for all of them, but many of them either believe Father, Son, Holy Ghost, which to us looks polytheistic, or they believe Jesus is the Son of God, or they believe Jesus is God himself. That you have to, at any point you have to go through Jesus to get to God. So Jesus is God in their eyes. Jews do not believe that, and they never have. Jews believe there is one God and one God only, the same as Muslims. It's in the first commandment. Thou shalt have no false idols, one God and one God only. It's right there. You can't miss it. So where did this Judeo-Christian tradition crap come from? Now, I don't hate Christians. I have some Christian relatives. What I hate is the unearned privilege they have. What I hate is the fact that, okay, I'm 63. When I was a child, I had to be religiously closeted for my own safety. You know, I grew up hearing 
it's nobody else's business what you are. You'll never know who's a hater and who isn't. Because unless you were a wealthy Jew, it was kind of like open season. Okay? And this has always been there. It's just louder now. And Judeo-Christian tradition, basically, Jews went along with it a lot of times, unless they were Orthodox, because it was a philosophy of you, what, go along to get along? So when the high holidays came about, all of a sudden, what, every Jewish kid in the school had blue flu suddenly? I mean, that's what it was about. You know, where we had to pretend we had to basically give up so much just to be accepted. There are far too many non-Orthodox Jews in this country that know very little about their own heritage, much less their own faith. Okay? Because in order to get along, we had to bury our culture. So when they say Judeo-Christian tradition, it burns my butt. There is no such thing. There just isn't. Make no mistake about it. The reason why Jews do not accept Jesus, and again, if you're Christian, be Christian. I'm happy for you. It's the very concept of the Messiah. In Christian tradition, the Messiah is a deity figure or a demi-deity. In Judaism, the Messiah, or say messenger, if you will, is just a regular person, never a deity figure. To say otherwise would be great apostasy for us. And so once again, Judeo-Christian tradition is something that since Jews are only at most 2% of the entire American population, we just let them run their mouths so they would just stop pounding on us. Whether it was pounding professionally or pounding physically. Seriously. But there is no such thing as Judeo-Christian tradition, and that is a form of cultural assimilation or cultural genocide. And now they're back and they're doing it to the LGBTQ community, trying to erase them, just like they tried very hard to erase us. That's all there is to it. And it is a type of stochastic violence. So, (coughs) excuse me. little water here, folks. Too many Americans just go along with it, though. And that allows the neo-Nazis in our midst to get away with it. How many times have you been in traffic, you saw a cop stop a black driver, driver didn't do anything wrong, And all of a sudden, they're down on the ground, handcuffed. Do any of us question the cop? We should. Just like I'm saying. So, the whole concept of this article, Chauncey DeVega was telling people, when somebody tells you who they are, believe them. Okay? And the last paragraph in this article, it's a good one. I'm just going to read it. The Vegas says, quote, we shall all listen very carefully to Marjorie Taylor Greene, the other Republican fascists, their followers, and propagandists such as Fox News, and, of course, Donald Trump and his Hitler retribution threats. 
They are being very honest and direct about their plans for American society. They are not kidding. Believe them, end quote. So, and if you want to read any of DeVega's stuff, um, Chauncey DeVega is a senior politics writer for Salon. He, uh, Chauncey DeVega writes wonderful, uh, he writes wonderful essays. Um, just, you know, a gem. All right, let's go on. We're going to talk more about stochastic terrorism. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. <clears throat> okay. Next article is from Scientific American. You think, Scientific American, what do they have to do with this? Quite a bit, it turns out. Okay. A little more water here. Okay. So this is an opinion piece in Scientific American. Written by Bryn Nelson. I'm scrolling down here. And Bryn Nelson um, is a science writer and author based in Seattle. And Bryn Nelson's also written a book that's mentioned in the article titled Flush The Remarkable Science of an Unlikely Treasure. Um, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Kind of bear with me if I misread something, I have to go back. Um, finally got to the eye doctor. And, well, I'm not legally blind, but my glasses, even my reading glasses, aren't cutting it. Um, so there's a big change, and I will be very happy when I get my new glasses because right now it's kind of hard even with the magnifier and my glasses. So kind of bear with me. All right, so this uh, opinion piece, the title is How Stochastic Terrorism Uses Disgust to Incite Violence. And the subheadline is Pundits Are Weaponizing Disgust to Fuel Violence and It's Affecting Our Humanity. Now, this is a little bit older. This was published November 5th, 2022, so it's so many months old. Excuse me. So this is right before, this is like, you know, right at midterms. And this is right around the time, you know, the, this article starts out and they describe how this man, uh, somebody, the man charged, David DePape, uh, broke into Nancy Pelosi's house screaming, where's Nancy? You know, like a lunatic. And then he attacked, nearly killed Nancy Pelosi's husband with a hammer. Okay. It takes a special kind of crazy and a special kind of of cruelty to attack an elderly man like that, and a special type of cowardice. But he did, and he was charged, and he had all these rants that, again, um, according to the LATimes.com, Mr. DePape shared all sorts of conspiracy theories online. Um, he apparently was a follower of QAnon. Keep in mind, these QAnon morons, they think that this that there's like this Satan-worshipping group of pedophiles in the Democratic Party that are trying to control the world's politics and media, uh, and that's, fr that's from The Guardian. And then, you know, after this accident, after this attack happened, of course, Tucker Carlson gets on air, and he interviews um, 
they call him right-wing activist Christopher Rufo. Okay. Now, Rufo works for the Manhattan Institute. He's built an entire career off of slandering, libeling, and defaming people he doesn't approve of. Make no mistake about it. In fact, Rufo is now an official consultant for the DeSantis administration regarding not only K-12 education in Florida, but how to censor our colleges. And Rufo... This guy, apparently he was, he, I think he's done a couple of documentaries. It was fairly successful. But, you know, he claims that drag queens that, you know, that do drag queen story hour are trying to, quote, sexualize children, end quote. Excuse me. All right. Give me a second here, folks. Grass is starting to bloom. And I am coughing more. All right. So let me backtrack a little. This article is from Scientific American, and they start out with the idea, you know, this was published November 5th, a week earlier. This guy, David DePape, breaks into Nancy Pelosi's house, screaming, where's Nancy? And since he can't find her, of course, to him it makes perfect sense to nearly kill her husband with a hammer. And after he was arrested, you know, they found that online he had all these rants talking about QAnon conspiracy theories. Then the article follows up, of course, Tucker Carlson's interviewing Christopher Rufo, who is with the Manhattan Institute. And Rufo's claiming that not only do drag queens uh, doing story hours try to, quote, sexualize children, but Rufo goes on to say that people who support the drag queen story hour those events, quote, want to create a sexual connection between adult and child, which of course long, which which has of course long been the kind of final taboo of the sexual revolution. End quote. Okay, if anybody's seen a drag queen, there's really nothing sexual about them. I mean, and it wasn't just like even long before RuPaul was doing this. You know, if you've ever seen the old movie White Christmas, you see Danny Kay. And Bing Crosby, they kind of do a makeshift drag with the sisters, just sisters, sisters. You know, they're singing this song. And, you know, it's funny. Bob Hope did it. Milton Berle, Uncle Milty, the, you know, icon of the American middle class, did drag on a regular basis. Of course, he made a really ugly woman, but that's not the point. You know, and drag queen story hour, there's nothing sexual about it, all right? It's just they're reading a story. They're, you know, I think they kind of mock women a little bit, but that's another story. But the fact is there's nothing sexual about it. It's absurd. You know, keep in mind, the conservatives that think drag queen story hour is somehow sexualizing children are the same people that are fine putting their little girls in beauty pageants, putting a full makeup job and teaching them to pose in suggestive ways wearing skimpy outfits at the tender age of three and four. That's sexualizing children, not drag queen story hour. Get over yourselves. And Rufo is not stupid. He knows better. But if he doesn't push the, you know, the, the complaint machine, if he doesn't push these lines, then he doesn't have a career. You know, he's, he's built a big career off of this because, again, these are people, 
it's not about drag queens. It's about the fact they hate the LGBTQ community. That's it. Okay. And they start with these groomer smears. All right. Now, forget the fact that statistically, the majority of pedophiles and groomers are cisgendered and straight. They don't come from the gay or trans community. Doesn't matter. They still do it. Again, this is a way of whooping up the lynch mob, put bluntly. People stop thinking. You know, it's like waving a red flag in front of a bull. The other thing, too, is when you take a group of people and you dehumanize them and vilify them, that's a form of stochastic terrorism. All right? In fact, it's right here. This article says, quote, dehumanizing and vilifying a person or group of people can provoke what scholars and law enforcement officials call stochastic terrorism, in which ideologically driven hate speech increases the likelihood that people will violently and unpredictably attack the targets of vicious claims. It goes on to say, quote, at its core, stochastic terrorism exploits one of our strongest and most complicated emotions, disgust. Then this this, uh, author talks about their book that they titled Flush. And in the book, um, the author describes how psychologists really analyze the role of the emotion of disgust, you know, and how it plays into this. And he describes how uh, psychologists have come to understand disgust as a kind of, quote, behavioral immune system. And that's as documented by the um, NCBI that's part of the National Institute of Health, okay, that helps us avoid harm. So I'm going to read the sentence. Again, the behavioral immune system part comes from the National Institute of Health. Quote, in my new book, Flush, I describe how psychologists have come to view disgust as a kind of, quote, behavioral immune system that helps us avoid harm. Whether in response to feces or rats, disgust triggers an aversion to things that that can make us physically sick. The emotion has a darker side, however, in excess, it can be weaponized against people. And I'm just going to read from this article. The author goes on to say, quote, propagandists have fomented disgust to dehumanize Jewish people as vermin, black people as subhuman apes, indigenous people as savages, immigrants as animals unworthy of protection, and members of the LGBTQ community as sexual deviants and predators who prey upon children, end quote. So this is explaining how propagandists use uh, the idea of disgust as a tool, a, a tool of stochastic terrorism to dehumanize various groups. So the lynch mob will be desensitized and will be fine with going and, you know, going after them and even killing them. And this history of it is very accurate. The author goes on to say, quote, that horrifying history is now repeating itself as political extremists create dangerous new strains of contempt and hatred. During the COVID pandemic, there has been a surge of racism and xenophobia, as well as violence against foreigners who are baselessly blamed for importing disease and crime, end quote. And we know that because that's what Trump did. 
you know, early on he called Mexicans rapists and murderers, but they're probably some good people too. But he already planted that thought. You know, Trump knew what he was doing. All right? Now, this author goes on to explain that even when disgust doesn't directly incite physical violence, it still can be harmful. And this author quotes clinical psychologist Stephen Taylor. Now, Stephen Taylor is the author of a book called The Psychology of Pandemics. So, you know, once again, this author, um, Bryn Nelson, goes on to say the following. Excuse me. (coughs) Quote, even when disgust doesn't incite outright violence, it can still cause harm. Clinical psychologist Stephen Taylor, author of The Psychology of Pandemics, told me that the ongoing monkeypox outbreak has further amplified bigotry. The disease's mode of transmission through close physical contact and its symptoms of pus-filled sores, he says, make it a perfect vehicle for eliciting disgust. Its name and origins in Africa have stoked racist misinformation about how it spreads, and it's linked to men who have sex with men has fueled stigma and homophobia as well. Okay, end quote. So this is very, this psychology and this psychological weapon has been going on for a long time, long before it was called stochastic uh, terrorism. You know, you can go back, you know, to the Bible even. You know, lepers, it looked real. it was hard to look at. And so, of course, if it's ugly, they must be at fault. They must have sinned, and that's what caused them to be diseased. Okay. You know, if this all sounds very immature to you, well, the fact is that even though people, you know, that grow into uh, physical adulthood, a great majority of adults do not necessarily ever reach psychological or cognitive adulthood. A great great many uh, adults never reach the level of uh, of analyt of um, uh, oh Lord, where's my brain today? <laughs> they don't get out of the concrete cognitive stage to get to that more symbolic, analytical uh, range of of critical thought. They just don't, you know. Which is a long way of saying there's a lot of people that are the age of adults, but they never really left adolescence. Sorry, but it's true. Um. So, you know, once again, this is what we're dealing with here. Um, You know, the lead-up to the midterm elections, there was a blitz of far-right radio ads that targeted black and Hispanic stations in swing states, and they were repeating lies about the trans community. Um, They also included a QAnon warning that the Biden administration would make it easier for children to, quote, remove breasts and genitals, end quote. In other words, to get this disgust going. Um, yeah, other ads talk, were aimed at white Christian audiences, and one ad talked about, quote, anti-white bigotry, and that's as documented by factcheck.org. Another one warns, uh, ominously, quote, stop the woke war on our children, as documented by Yahoo. So, 
this whole idea of anti-white bigotry is so absurd, all right? But this is what they're talking about. And so stochastic terrorism is a tool used by dictators and propagandists to whoop up the lynch mob, put bluntly. Okay? That's what it is. Alrighty. So we have one more article about this because, again, Trump has used this from the very beginning. Just has. All right? It's, it's all over. Uh, coded language. Bigots, you know, saying horrible things like six million wasn't enough. Um, you know, let's go baking. I'm not kidding. Um, you know, pushing the worst most uh, volatile and slanderous stereotypes against communities of color, the LGBTQ community, it's all there. All right? I would say it not only builds disgust, it also builds up fear. Okay? And, again, as much fun as it would be to blame Trump for it all, he doesn't get all the credit. This, you know, this buildup to this level of propaganda both by these extremists, but also in the mainstream media, has been going on for a long time. You know, it was going on before, big time before the civil rights gains of the 60s. Then it toned down for a bit. And then it came right back again with Richard Nixon and his war on drugs, which was code for, we're going to go after the black community. Make no mistake about it. Um, And so ever since then, not only Richard Nixon, you have George Bush Sr., you know, the Willie Horton ad. Again, it was the dangerous black man. That was the propaganda they used. George W. Bush used propaganda as well, you know, against the Muslim community. Forget the fact, and and against the buildup to the war in Iraq, even though There's no evidence pointing to Iraq being involved in 9-11 at all. None. Zip, zero, nothing. To this day, and, you know, people can paint me as some sort of of a um, nut job as well. I don't really care. When you look at 9-11, the official story, you know, I did some reading from um, Dr. Stephen Jones, who is a professor, a retired professor of physics, and other colleagues that are either architects, engineers, physicists, the 9-11 story makes no sense. Three buildings fell. Not just the Twin Towers, but Building 7 fell fell too. Except nothing hit Building 7. And their excuse was, well, the jet fuel burned so hot that it melted the steel. Except for one little fact. Jet fuel doesn't burn hot enough to melt steel. That's chemically impossible just is. And I remember after 9-11 happened, I was, I was looking through the photographs, and you would see this photograph of all this debris, right? Just everything was destroyed. And, you know, they couldn't even identify victims because the bodies of those that died in that incineration were just totally destroyed. They couldn't even find, you know anything for dental records. Usually bones will survive. Everything was just turned to dust. But somehow miraculously, the plastic-coated IDs of alleged terrorists survived on the top of the pack. Right there. Maybe looked a little charred, but they survived that. 
How did that happen? You know, once again, we were never given a legitimate explanation or a legitimate investigation into 9-11. We just weren't. But it sure as hell gave George W. Bush uh, a political power to enact illegitimate laws such as Patriot Act, which revoked a good part of the Bill of Rights. Good old stochastic terrorism at work. So it isn't just Donald Trump. This has been going on for a long time. And part of the problem is we don't teach critical thinking in our schools. We just don't. We teach kids the test, they memorize, that's it. And these book bans are going to make it even worse. Americans need to understand how to identify propaganda when they see it, how to at least question it. So this last article here is from Vox, pretty good source. And the author is, I can't, I think it's an I, Ellen Iones. I apologize if I mispronounced that person's name. Um, The headline is, quote, an atmosphere of violence, stochastic terror in American politics. And the subtitle is Q&A, questions and answers with Kirk Braddock about how rhetorical strategies can lead to violence. That's a nice phrase, rhetorical strategies. That's basically a phrase means propaganda. A little more water here. My voice is starting to give a little, checking the time. (laughs) Excuse me. All right. And this was published November 5th as well. Now, Ellen Iones um, works for Vox now, but previously she worked at Business Insider, and she covered the military and global conflicts. Okay, So again, they're kind of deconstructing the week before midterms in these articles and then afterwards. And political violence has been on the rise. We know this. Okay, um, You know, again, there was a new poll that was cited in this article by the Washington Post and ABC News. Um, and it showed that about 88% of American adults are concerned about political violence. Um, but again, still goes on. Again, it talks about the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband. But not just that, there were threats against um, New Jersey synagogues. You also have Kanye West, now known as Ye. You know, saying he's going to go death come free three on the Jews. You know, my response is to yay, bring it on, boy. Uh, okay, first of all, I take that back. I apologize for calling a black man boy. That was wrong. Okay. All right, but for Kanye, I'd say bring it on, yay. You want to throw down? Let's throw down. But I also embrace the Second Amendment. Okay, I actually don't own a gun, but I think that you know, every minority that's being threatened should embrace the Second Amendment. Don't fire first, but just let these idiots know that you're armed and you are capable because that's all they understand. And as for Ye, honestly, I've heard people make excuses for him because, well, they say he's mentally ill. You know, mental illness has nothing to do with bigotry, though. Now, I just used a bad word a minute ago where I said, come on, boy. And I apologize because, again, mm, 
I don't use that word in reference to black men, but yay got me mad. It doesn't excuse that, and I apologize profoundly. That being said, however, Ye's made far worse statements about Jews where he is fine with, you know, he basically saying Hitler was right. He's fine with genocide. That tells me everything I need to know about him. But also I'd like to add, besides the fact that I think Ye is a bigoted bastard, your clothes are ugly. No woman that isn't connected to you is going to want to wear that ugly crap there and you know once again these anti-semitic theories this is an instance where there's been a big discrepancy you know a lot of younger blacks do not understand much about the older relationship between blacks and jews they know the propaganda they've heard from, you know, Palestinian sources. Okay, I'm going to go there. Uh, I don't think that everything Israel's done is right. I will call them out as well. That being said, however, both groups have a claim to that land. And when you believe a, a lot of the propaganda utilized in the Middle East against Jews dates back, it's old propaganda, to Hitler's days. And instead of making generalized remarks, you know, how many Jewish people do they actually know? Okay? If I can't make ignorant remarks against their community, they shouldn't be allowed to make ignorant remarks against mine. It works both ways. And, uh, again, I digress, but, you know, when Kanye Rust is politically in bed and supporting a Nazi like Nick Fuentes. I wonder if Ye understands that once Fuentes and people, God forbid, they get their way, they're going to turn on him for being black. They're going to turn on, God forbid, his family. He doesn't get it. You know, he thinks he is above it. He's not. But you know, once again, this is all about stochastic terror. Um, it happens when they use rhetoric, when they use lies, if you will. They don't tell people directly, go kill these people. Instead, they slander, libel, and defame groups so that people get so upset that they're ready to go and commit murder. That's what it is. Okay. Now, the idea of concept, the concept of stochastic terror, uh, this um, Ellen Iones uh, spoke to Kurt Braddock. Now, Braddock is an assistant professor at the American University School of Communication. Okay, so he is a professor, and Braddock's research uh, has also focused on tech, communication techniques and how they influence uh, groups and social behavior especially as it relates to violence. And Braddock has a book titled Weaponized Words, The Strategic Role of Persuasion in Violent Radicalization and Counter-Radicalization. Okay? And that book explore, it, it talks about different methods of communication that really do contribute to radicalization. And he also talks about techniques to combat 
at radicalization and stochastic terror. Okay? So it starts out, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. Uh, the journalist asks, can you define political violence? Professor Braddock says the following, quote, political violence is a large category. Researchers define it as any violence that's politically motivated, but doesn't include things like large-scale war. Oftentimes when we talk about political violence, we use it as a catch-all term, usually to mean terrorism, violence against non-combatants, for the purpose, purposes of furthering a political goal or an ideological goal. So that something can, so that, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place. So that can some, yeah, I lost my place here. So that can be something religious. It can be something purely political. It can be something related to a conspiracy theory. But we're typically talking about violence or the threat of violence against non-combatants to achieve some sort of ideological goal. Uh, Ellen Ionis asks, is stochastic terror a uniquely American phenomenon? Professor Braddock says the following, quote, stochastic terrorism is not uniquely American. There have been cases abroad where similar situations have occurred. In one example, Brenton Tarrant, the Christchurch attacker, seems to be motivated in part by fringe media figures who espoused ideas consistent with the Great Replacement. Iona is asked the next question. Part of the phenomena is the atmosphere of violence, the feeling that we don't know what could happen at any given moment, What's the theory behind stochastic terror? Why is it effective? And why does it need its own designation? And Professor Braddock says the following, quote, Stochastic terrorism or stochastic terror is a unique kind of phenomena that we've only, that we've only really seen emerge in recent years. Stochastic is a term related to statistics that's meant to define processes that individually they're absolutely impossible to predict when and where something happens. Uh, It goes on to say, Professor Braddock goes on to say, quote, the example that I always give is this. It's if you're sitting on your front porch and you see dark storm clouds rolling in towards your neighborhood, you can be pretty confident that lightning is going to strike at some time in the next half hour, but you can never really predict when and where that's going to happen. Stochastic terrorism is the same kind of idea, whereby an individual who who you designate a stochastic terrorist make statements that seem to implicitly advocate the use of violence without actually directing it. It's the kind of rhetoric that justifies or advocates the use of violence without directing it. The speaker gets this level of plausible deniability where if somebody does carry out an attack, then they can say, well, I never actually directed them to do something. So this is what we're talking about here. You can go on and read more of the article yourself, but this is this is what's been happening, folks. Okay, it's it's hideous, and you know we have to we have to stop it. We just do. Alrighty, so give me a second here, folks. And we are. Getting ready. This week, we have our new deplorable list of infamy and our, of course, our Jackass of the Week award. So this is something that uh, 
it's unusual. This week, we have a candidate that received both awards. Just did. Give me a minute here, folks. Um, and I'm going to go here. Give me a second here. Okay. All right. So this is an article. It dates back to actually the beginning of the year, January 31st, uh, 2023. But it's been in the news again. And it, it the background deals with how DirecTV removed Newsmax from their offerings. And Newsmax is, you know, like Fox and the others. And you have to understand something. When we're talking about First Amendment type violations, the First Amendment says Congress shall not make no law abridging free speech, etc. The government can't censor. But a private company like DirecTV can all right, Newsmax, my understanding was Newsmax just wasn't making the money. They didn't get enough uh, viewership, so they dropped it, all right? And so we have this, and I'm ashamed to say it, it's a Republican congressman from my home state of Missouri. His name is Eric Burleson, okay? So Mr. Burleson receives both the, depl- he is going to be the next initiate on the deplorable list of infamy, and he receives our very prestigious Jackass of the Week Award. Here we go. Congratulations, Eric Burleson, Republican, Missouri. All right. So he is a freshman, comes from rural area of Missouri. And he is one of the new bunch. I think he's in the Freedom Caucus. He's kind of like a Marjorie Taylor Greene wannabe. And um, he had the gall to invoke the Holocaust uh, in terms of what happened to poor Newsmax on DirecTV. So, direct quote here. He got up, um, in fact, let's see if I can actually play this. Hopefully you'll hear it. Give me a second. Sorry about that. Okay, I don't know if you can hear that or not, so I'm going to skip the actual audio. So I'm going to read the direct quote from Mediaite. Eric Burleson, Congressman Eric Burleson said, quote, Last year, the DHS, our own federal government, tried to set up its own disinformation board. And now we see entities, businesses that the federal government has given special privilege to, to provide over-the-air television, cable television right away to deliver entertainment, the homes of individuals across America, these companies choose to silence conservative speech by first deplatforming or eliminating one American news. Uh, and now they're going after Newsmax. He goes on to say, quote, you know, there's a famous quote about what happened during the Holocaust, 
when individuals, when the Nazis first came for some and people said nothing, and then eventually they'll come for you. And I say this not as a Republican or a Missourian, but as a concerned citizen for a country who has these rights that were here because of the blood that was shed by thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of patriots from the time of the American Revolution until today, end quote. Okay. First of all, Ms. Representative Burleson needs to get the facts, all right? That's why he gets the Jackass of the Week Award. Newsmax, according to Mediaite, was removed from DirecTV because Newsmax demanded a rate increase. That's it. According to a statement that DirecTV issued, DirecTV said, quote, on multiple occasions, we made it clear to Newsmax that we wanted to continue to offer the network, but ultimately Newsmax demands for rate increases would have led to significantly higher costs than we would have had to pass on to our broad customer base. End quote. That's it. So, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> that's what happened. To invoke the Holocaust, to trivialize the Holocaust, the Nazi murder machine that murdered over 11 million people in a few short years. Over 6 million happen to be Jews. Takes a hell of a lot of gall. Now, when you talk about a white Christian male showing extreme privilege, that's Eric Burleson. He had the audacity to invoke the Holocaust because he couldn't access his preferred TV channel. Nobody was coming for them, and it wasn't the government. Private companies have a right to say, no, we don't want to do business with you. But to trivialize the Holocaust, just, that is the height of privilege. That just shows how clueless. You don't, Congressman Burleson, if you can hear me, you don't get to co-opt the suffering of my people. You just don't. Now, you have free speech rights, and people will scream cancel culture newsflash. This ain't cancel culture, boyo. This is rebuttal. Now, I can call, he's a white boy. I can call him that. See how he likes it. He can't co-opt our experience. No member of the white goy community can. Goy is a little bit derogatory. I'm sorry, but... It is what it is. You can't go there. Just as a white person can't co-opt the experience of Jim Crow or slavery. You have no damn right. Okay? And for those reasons, freshman GOP congressman Eric Burleson not only gets the Jackass of the Week award. Here we go. Bray on, Eric. Bray on. But he's also listed the next initiate in our deplorable list of infamy. Because it takes a clueless, selfish, cold-blooded bastard co-opt one of the worst genocides in the history of the world because he didn't get his way on something. Doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. But see, this is what happens with stochastic terrorism. You have people of privilege 
claiming that they're the ones that are being victimized. They reverse the blame. That's what bullies do. That's what abusers do. That's exactly what abusers do. And the mainstream media let them get away with it, but media caught them. And as for mainstream media, allowing this constant, his final thoughts here, this constant um, barrage calling the Trump base you know, and saying, you know, as if it were a legitimate base. It's not. It's a lynch mob. And calling what's going on here a culture war. No, this isn't a culture war. Culture is about food. It's about art. It's about certain choices like that. But when you're, when you are slandering, libeling, and defaming people that you don't happen to like with no evidence, when you are working feverishly, to deprive fellow human beings of their legal, constitutional, and yes, human rights, that's not a culture war. That's a war against democracy and a war against equal rights, period. Make no mistake about it. And those that remain silent are complicit. If anybody's going to be called out as a Nazi sympathizer, it's somebody who cheapens it like Eric Burleson. That's all there is to it. So those are our final thoughts. Um, You know, once again, people, you have to wake up. You just do. Uh, The people on the far right, they are serious. They want to murder us or enslave us. If you are not white enough... If you're not a white Christian male, really, if you're not a white Christian cisgendered male and straight, then you're in jeopardy. And those of you that think that you've been accepted and you're maybe a person of color who, for whatever reason, thinks Trump's okay, you're being used. You just are. Make no mistake about it. And... These people are serious. I would encourage, again, I don't own a gun. Um, That's my own personal choice. You know, I don't own a gun because, one, with slow-growing cataracts, I'm afraid I would wind up, even in a righteous shooting, I'm afraid I would hit an innocent. That's my own personal choice, though. But I think that progressives make a big mistake when they say they don't ever want guns. I think we need to embrace the Second Amendment, and legal common-sense gun rights. I think everybody who's physically capable in communities of color, religious minorities, the LGBTQ community, every single one of them, you need to become crack shots. Because the fact is this, we can't count on the police. The police have been infiltrated by these neo-Nazis. We already know that, especially in communities of color. And the fact is, If they know that we're armed as well, that we won't fire the first shot, but and they'll have to fire it, but if they fire at us, we will return fire. We will defend ourselves legally and physically. They're going to think twice because these are cowards, these people on the far right. They want to shoot fish in a barrel. 
Look at what happened to the Proud Boys. They were trying to disturb, uh, I think it was a drag queen brunch in Manhattan. I think Letitia James was giving it. And once they saw they were outnumbered, they didn't have their guns with them, those cowards, they hightailed it out of there. Don't make the same mistake my people did in the lead up to Hitler, where they refused to defend themselves. Don't do that. Embrace the Second Amendment legally. Be a responsible gun owner. Become a crack shot. Yes, get those AR-15s if you have to, because the other side has them. And let's communicate quite clearly to these Nazis. We will not fire the first shot. But if you attack us, we will defend ourselves to the fullest extent we can. Because that is the only thing these reprobates understand. Make no mistake about it. I know that doesn't sound very progressive, but it's reality-based. Too many white progressives that come from a certain amount of middle class or affluence do not get it. But they need to wake up. You know, what the GOP of Trump is doing is not hyperbole. It's not just for shock value. They're serious. Make no mistake about it. And the very communities they are attacking are identical to the communities Adolf Hitler attacked. They just are. One of the reasons Hitler went after Jews wasn't just because of religious issues. In fact, a lot of the persecution of Jews throughout Europe before they came to this country Part of it was religious, but it was also about we were the dark ones. So part of it was racism. Make no mistake about it. And quite a bit of it, yes, came from a lot of the slander came from the church. Now, the Catholic Church has apologized, but the fact is a lot of the slander came from the Russian Orthodox Church, for instance. And this is why they don't want us to teach kids the real history of things. We need to wake up. We are stronger together. And we need to stand as brothers and sisters against this growing neo-Nazi menace. It's just all there is to it. I hope next week I have got something better to report. Uh, you can also find my journalism in BuzzFlash, Nation of Change, Op-Ed News, Eurasia Review. There's some older, older articles from Huffington Post and others. Uh, again, I would reiterate that probably very soon, within the month, we will be on Amazon Music as well. With that, I say good night and God bless us. We're going to need it. <laughs>